Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Let's face it, the only reason any of us show up to work in the morning is because we're not rock stars or movie stars. If you were talented and fortunate enough to make it as a musician or an actor, you'd turn your back on the workaday world in a heartbeat, right? Well, in reality, you might not. Apparently, the distinction between show business and other types of business is not always that black and white. My guests on Out to Lunch are both successes in show business who have started their own non-show biz business. Anne Mahoney is an actress. If you don't recognize her name, you'll recognize her face from her role as Olivia in The Walking Dead or the more than 30 movies she's been in. Anne is also the founder and owner of a company called Peaky Designs. Peaky Designs makes children's clothing they describe as painfully cute. Peaky Designs launched their first commercial line in January 2018, and all the clothes are designed by Anne Mahoney. Anne, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. C.R. Groover is a successful musician. He's the youngest member of a supergroup called the New Orleans Suspects, which is made up of members of the Neville Brothers and James Brown Band. As well as being a highly regarded and sought-after piano player, C.R. is the owner of a music school called School of Rock in New Orleans. The School of Rock is a national franchise. The Jack Black movie School of Rock and the hit Broadway show are based on one of the schools in New York. C.R. Groover's local New Orleans School of Rock opened in July 2018. C.R., welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. Great to be here. C.R. and Anne, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, both of you have done what millions of people can only dream of. You've succeeded in showbiz, and now you're both launching businesses aimed at children. Are you doing this because you're famous and using your celebrity and reputation to launch a business? <laughs> or <laughs> It's true. <laughs> or are you trying to walk away from showbiz and have an alternative career? I'll start with Anne. Um, I, it's an alternative thing for me, and it was a it was filling a need. So I have two kids of my own, and um, I was always a little disgruntled with what was available for children to wear. Um, a lot of unicorns and glitter and lace and paint for girls, <laughs> so and a lot of sports and superheroes uh, for boys. And I have a little philosopher boy, and I have a little punk rock girl, <laughs> and um, I was making their clothes. And one day, a friend of mine who invested in the company said, you should make these for other people because I'm sure other people want their kids to look not like a unicorn dipped in glitter or a small superhero. Well, that is attractive. So that's why I did it. (laughs) Give us an example because it is the radio. I know we're going to have pictures on the website and such, but what do these clothes look like? How would you describe them? Um, I like to call it hot topic for kids, but less trashy. So it's, it's <laughs> having grown up in the 90s, uh, I'm a big Jane's Addiction, The Cure um, fan, a lot of punk too, and um, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and all that stuff. I, I, I wanted to have the clothes look like what I would wear on a tiny person. 
So um, there's a lot of skulls. There's um, our next clothing line coming up. It's going to have a lot of safety pins like we pre-goth chicks. We did it before it was cool. Um, <laughs> used to pin safety pins up and down our big bell-bottom jeans. And um, so I'm taking from all that and putting it on little kids. CR, what about yourself? How about this transition? For me, it was almost serendipitous. I was looking for uh, camp, summer camps for my oldest daughter, who at the time was five, and couldn't find any music camp that wasn't either a jazz camp or orchestral music or classical piano. Uh, and I wanted her to learn more kind of the vein of music that I'm doing, which is funk and rock and roll. And there was a one uh, all-girls camp that's a rock camp, but aside from that, that's, those are the options. And in this process of searching for a camp for my daughter, I stumbled across this brick-and-mortar school, which is School of Rock, which I had no idea existed. I had seen the movie uh, and heard of the Broadway show. Thought it was all made show. up. Yeah. yeah, it was a great movie. I love Jack Black, you know, but uh, it's an actual school. And the more research I did about the concept and what they do with kids, how they teach music through performance, uh, they use reverse engineering in terms of you don't just learn theory and scales first and then songs. You get thrown right into a song and right into a band with other kids. So you learn music literally hands-on, which as a professional musician, that's the best way we've ever learned, is once we get in a room with a bunch of guys who have differing skill levels, you learn from them, they learn from you, it becomes this, this uh, opportunity to really learn more and faster. So that's what School of Rock represents, and I heard about that and thought, what a great idea, and was shocked to hear that there was none in New Orleans, let alone Louisiana. The closest ones were Houston and Memphis and Atlanta. So there's this huge void in the southeast. We should have been the first place they picked, right? That's what I thought. And then I figured it must be a demographic issue. Maybe there isn't the right kind of money down here. Maybe the families aren't right or aren't enough kids, whatever it might be. But we ran all those boring demographics and found out that, sure enough, it's a viable market. And uh, then we jumped on it as fast as we possibly could. You, you mentioned reverse engineering. I can see the appeal because most kids get so frustrated and that just with all the theory and such. But you, you give them the fun part. It's, a, it's immediate. And even if you are taking rock lessons from an individual teacher, just traditional lessons, so you learn a song on the guitar by yourself, and then that's as far as it goes. There's nothing that you can do, unless you know other guys. Like, that's what I did when I was 13. I had friends that they took lessons from for instruments, and then we formed a band. So then here you are, 13-year-old kids, and you have 15 songs all geared up, and then nowhere to play them. So we played a couple Girl Scout functions, which, as you know, <laughs> not can be more makers. fun than that. Yeah, yeah a, you get the three Girl, Scout Girl Scouts, cookies, but yeah, yeah right. the cookies <laughs> So uh, we also put the kids on stage. We just did our first shows this past weekend at Gossip Gossip. So they learn individual lessons. Oh. They learn the whole group rehearsal thing. They rehearse all semester for the show, and then at the end of the semester, they go to a real live venue. There's like 150 people at Gossip Gossip, oh, and they got to play on a real stage. So it's it's the full thing. <laughs> That is great. Yeah. And when I found out that was what they did, I said, I, I've got to get involved in this. Oh, yeah. Now, Anne, um, is there an, at this point, is there an ecosystem for manufacturing fashion in New Orleans? There isn't. Um, and it, it, it's, uh, it's not as easy to break into. Um, you, can, you can do research and find out that there's a viable market, right? There's um, every mom that I know that's around my age is, loves this, this kind of style. But, but finding the people to help you manufacture it is a whole other story. Um, I had been doing research for months when I, finally someone said to me, oh, I'm thinking of doing some clothing, and I know about this place on the West Bank. So it was Tam's um, sewing and alterations. So I went and visited her, 
and found out that she was um, a major supervisor for Burberry for a number of years. And wow. she's, she's no joke. <laughs> so I met with her, and she was the first um, foot in the door I got. So it felt very much like acting. Like acting is, you, you can, I've trained, I have my master's degree, and I'm, I've worked on all kinds of stages, but getting my foot in the door as a film actress took time, and it, I felt like I had to kind of know a guy who knew a guy. And it was the same thing with, with clothing. You'd think it would be like, I have this pattern, I can make patterns because I sew myself, and I'm just going to make a dress, you know? And then it became this, this unbelievable process of finding where you can print the fabric, which most people print fabric overseas because it's way expensive right. to do in the United States. And then how do you find a cut and sew factory? And if it's in Vietnam, how do I get there to make sure that the pattern is done correctly so I don't get 500 dresses back that are not the right size? Was the whole thing tougher than you thought it would be? Way tougher, way tougher. But Tam was, you know, she was the gem because I could sit down with her and I could go through the pattern and explain exactly what I wanted so I knew what I was going to get. But that took me some time. And then with buttons, she says, oh, I know a guy who does buttons. <laughs> I know a guy in buttons. And that's, that's a- how it's worked, this whole process. It's been, I know a guy who knows a guy. And, um, and now we're on the distribution marketing end, which is its whole other crazy ball game. That's going to yeah. be another piece of your education? Yes. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with actress Anne Mahoney, owner and designer at children's clothing company Peaky Designs, and musician C.R. Groover, owner of the local music school, School of Rock. Now, CR, you uh, also didn't come from a business background. I mean, uh, how did you figure out there was a market here? Well, that is what the franchisor helps out with. <clears throat> They're a real hands-on uh, company. So when you get in touch with them initially, they get your finances and stuff in order, and then they send you the demographics, and they work with you on uh, choosing a location. So we weren't able to actually put it in New Orleans, but we put it as close to New Orleans as we could get, which is right off of Bonneville on Veterans. So we're on the correct side of Causeway, as I put it. Once you get to the other side, it gets, you know, it's a madhouse. So it's the quiet side. It's a better way of putting it. The quiet side of Causeway, uh, right off the highway. So it's a nice location. And you had to figure out things like, um, you know, schedule, for instance. Uh, are you kind of tied to, uh, like, a public school schedule? Is that the best way it, to do it? Yeah, we kind of mirror the semesters of a public school. So we're extracurricular. Our classes start at 2.45, and they go until 8 o'clock. One of the questions I want to ask both of you is, um, you didn't give up showbiz for this. You're doing them together. How do you make it work with tours and movies? It's, uh, you know, I find the, tri- the trickiest thing for me is balancing everything with motherhood. That's actually the most tricky ah. thing. Um, because I'm a very hands-on mom, and um, I think it's t- momentary feminist thing here. I think it's really tough for women now because... Um, we really want to be super successful in our work because that's important to us, but we, we also want to be super successful moms, and there's a lot of pressure to still be that 100% mom that um, has nothing else going on but the kids. So for me, that's the biggest balance. So it's, I had to start putting time, time constraints on myself at home about when I would stop working because if I allow myself, I'll work I mean, I'll get up at five in the morning and I'll work until midnight or one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, and I'm, the, I'm it. I don't have, I wish I had a franchise. Nuts. They need like yeah. a Hot Topic for Kids franchise, yeah. right? And that, Sarah, can, that can help me guide you're my. You're in the same ballpark, right? <laughs> I'm a single father of two young daughters. Yeah. And uh, I make sure when I'm with them, I'm, my attention is on them. I'm not a cell phone guy or an iPad guy. I make sure that that's our time, which is awesome. My kids are great, they're so much fun. But I can't get back to work until I put them to bed, which I try to get 
eight thirty or nine o'clock, but you know, <laughs> kids, right? <laughs> so usually closer to ten, I go back to work, and then uh, same thing. If I don't set my alarm for midnight, usually I work till about one, and then I get up at six. So it's the same thing, a business, and then we go on tour as well with the suspect. So I've learned. Uh, You're in a late night business. Well, yes. Do very yeah, and few now matinees. also early morning business with the kids. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get to enjoy both sides. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And when you, enjoy. Do, when you tour, <laughs> right. in terms of School of Rock, are you the one of the teachers or are you kind of the overseer and owner? I'm the overseer and owner. I have taught when I needed to jump in if we had, you know, an instructor couldn't make a certain student's time schedule. And then, you know, so I'll do the interim thing. Uh, I love it. I've taught a couple of camps for the six and seven-year-olds. They call it the rookies camps. Uh, Mike, it's just I'm really fun. Ann and CR, this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. You're finally done with work and ready to relax for an hour or two. When your phone rings, it's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he needs you to watch his kids on a Friday night. But this time, it's different. This time, he has a business idea for you. And your brother-in-law uh, says you could combine your two businesses, acting and making kids clothing, you could make a TV show about a woman starting up a kid's clothing company. Your brother-in-law is prepared to quit his day job and put some money into it, hire a writer, and make it happen. You have to admit that having a TV show would be good for the Peaky Designs brand, so what do you tell your brother-in-law? Is, in, is he really onto something? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get on YouTube. Come on. <laughs> People will love it. People love reality shows. <laughs> That's what I guess it would sound like, wouldn't it? Yeah. They, uh, just watching you crying late at night because you're not exactly. running for hours. This, people love that. Now, CR, your brother-in-law, says you're missing out on a big chunk of change. He sees these moms and dads dropping off their kids at School of Rock and coming back in an hour. He says, think about it. You've got a captive market here. You could give these parents something to do for an hour instead of leaving. Who doesn't like a cocktail? Your brother-in-law suggests he opens a bar inside the School of Rock called School on the Rocks. It'll be a service for parents so you don't have to leave, and it'll be another revenue stream for you. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Is School on the Rocks a great idea or not? Yeah, that's just brilliant. <laughs> if we could marry my two worlds, I wouldn't have to go on tour anymore. Oh, that would be, uh, that would be great. That's they, actually one of the good things about being able to perform these venues, like Gasa Gasa, the parents can come and actually have a drink while they're going and seeing their kids perform, as opposed to the recitals when I was a kid, is in the church. Oh, yes, that's <laughs> right. Everyone's <laughs> palms are sweating. Or the dance recitals that are like five hours long. Uh, My father would keep repeating, is that Ann? No? <laughs> <laughs> is that her? <laughs> no? <laughs> now they would actually like it. And the kids get to play in a bar, which is the way the rest of their life will go, playing yes, in bars. That, right. That's right. Uh, now, Ann, when I was a kid, Mothers would not dress their kids, uh, their girls, for instance, like in black because they thought that was a bad thing. You're really going over over a line here. Is it? It's just times have changed. Yeah, I think times have changed. I think it's women are changing, and and we're changing as moms. And you know, our we want our girls to be little butt kickers, and you know, and and uh, and, and actually, every little girl that I know, I very rarely meet a little shy girl. Girls, I have found in my experience, are actually much more forward than boys. So I think now we're just equipping them to look like what they feel like instead of trying forward. to well instead of trying to tamp them down like and say let's put her in lace and a corset, <laughs> right? Why don't we just let her be free and 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 dress and, and be as forward in her fashion as she is in her thinking? Yes. <laughs> Mic drop. Sound bite. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> See, I have to ask you, do you like kids? Uh, do I like kids? Yeah, I just I was going to I was wondering I if this came until I had them. 
Okay, no. <laughs> right. That's the way you ought to think yeah, about it. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I'm just seeing these kids uh, every day come in, and, and they're. it's true. The boys typically are more shy than the girls. We have a lot of girls in the rock school, and they're awesome. By the way, you've got all kinds of different instruments there, so uh, you've had to bring on instructors, and that's a whole different part than your other life, right? I mean, to hire people and to oversee them? Yeah, you know, as a... A musician, a touring musician, you're pretty much your own boss your whole life. So I've always kind of run a small business, done the merchandising side, the marketing side, the flyering, all that stuff, publicity. Uh, but having employees is a whole other level of ownership of something. And uh, we're very lucky that we have great staff. We went through a lot of interviews. Uh, I have a general manager named Jessica Trotsky who uh, came from, well, she's from here, but she lived out in Denver for a few years and she was the assistant general manager of a school of rock. So she was already well versed in the the whole concept and the way the business ran and helped a lot with the interview process, obviously. And uh, we've got 12 of the best instructors we could have hoped for. Now, what did you learn? You, you needed people that were great musicians, but what was that extra part that made you say, I think they'd be great employees? We sat down with them before we let them play their instrument. We just talked to them and found out where they came from. Um, it's, it's a lot of personality for us. It's a lot of how do you conduct yourself? Are you assertive? Do you seem friendly? Self-confidence helps because they're going to be in a room with a kid and uh, they, they need to help bring that kid up in this, you know, in this um, discipline of music. <clears throat> up not just, you know, with their talents, their right. skill, but also just getting on stage and owning it. You no, know, I think it would is, be great to raise a kid's confidence levels. Yeah. It's funny, great. actually. A few of the interviews uh, were great in the front end. They were like looking at each other like, this is going to be awesome. And then he starts playing the instrument, or she starts playing the instrument, and it just went downhill. Yes. <laughs> Immediately. I thought, play my guitar very softly We were as well. so close. <laughs> they just didn't know what they were doing, you know. And uh, you, um, you were made a conscious decision, I guess, about being uh, an online presence and then doing some pop-ups, but you don't have bricks and mortar. Is that next, or how? what would bricks and mortar look like for you? Uh, that's it's, it's tricky. We're still we're, actually. I'm getting ready to go to New York for a trip to meet with kind of a fashion guru to think to think through the business and fill in all the blanks of things that I don't know. This has been a pretty solo journey for me, so um, I'm really really learning curve stuff. But the trouble with um, brick brick and mortars, then I have to have someone to run it. And my experience about owning businesses, having never owned one, but knowing a lot of people who have, is that no one will run your business for you the way that you want your business that's run. And I don't have the time to, to be the face of a brick-and-mortar store. So right now what we're starting to work on is continuing what we've been doing with Comic-Cons and pop-ups. Um, but then I'm starting to figure out how I can get into trade shows and then developing personal relationships with little boutiques all over the United States, which is really where I think our stuff is going to land. It's not going to be in Target. It's not going to be at H&M. You know, it's going to be at that little boutique, and it's going to be that one piece that you get for your daughter that she can wear for three years. Um, you know that is well made and um, edgy. You know, um, so that's where I'm where I'm at right now. Well, you're getting older, but stay edgy. Oh yeah, I will. Okay, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, if you, and if you need to learn to hire, CR has become really good at this. Yeah, <laughs> so it sounds uh, like it. Twelve employees. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a little lucky. scary to me. Yeah, it can be a little much. Yeah, that's a lot of personalities and, is. and life issues. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which know? brings the last question for CR, though, is these people come in, these kids come in with different levels of uh, background on the instrument. How do you handle that? 
as far as the students or the, the instructors? Uh, and the, uh, um, well, the, the whole school of rock, you, could, you might have a class where some of them have played guitar for a couple of years, others haven't picked one up, but you're going to put them in a band together. Yeah, so, you know, we kind of equate it to the old uh, one-building schoolhouse of the old days, right, where you have first graders and 12th graders all in the same room. Uh, we look at that as an opportunity for both the beginner being able to learn from the more experienced student as well as the student being able to become a mentor, or the, the experienced one being a mentor for the younger student. So they both kind of learn something about, you know, how do I become a mentor or how do I become the protege, right? Sounds and like then, Rock yeah. Montessori. Yes, rock absolutely Montessori. right. No, it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> Ann and CR, <laughs> you're both entrepreneurs who have backgrounds in show business. You're both talented, popular, and successful entertainers, and you've both set yourself business goals that demand an equal amount of talent, dedication, and creativity. It has been great to meet both of you. I look forward to keeping up with you and wish you continued success in all your endeavors on stage, screen, and in the boardroom. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Ann Mahoney, owner and designer of Peaky Designs, and C.R. Groover, owner of School of Rock in New Orleans. You can find out more about the Peaky Designs and School of Rock by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, I think that they should, don't you think there's a, you can, <laughs> you can find photos uh, from this show on itsneworleans.com and the It's New Orleans Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business. New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. And by Orange Theory Fitness, 